Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Michael Franchese's, you're a rat. You know you're a f-ing rat. You couldn't shine my father's shoes. When you go to prison, why is everybody in Philly f-ing your wife? You can hear these fake stories all you want. When you run into me, see who's running. You sent me a video. I do talk to Gene Borello, so to get him on the show, and I've spoken with him several times, and you sent me a video that Gene had put out. As I'm listening to him talk about Franzese, his pops up. I'm like, oh, this is a whole little drama going on. Yeah. Yeah. And Francis does not usually respond to people that say negative things about him. He's... I'll put it like this in the mob world, if you want to call it mob tube or whatever that is on YouTube, you have Francis and Sammy. They're the, they're the top dogs. Right. Um, I can see that. He does. He seems like he's, he would be above it. He, he is. Um, and I think what really got Francis to respond this time is how Joey brought up his father, Sonny, who is, if you, you know, if anybody knows anything about, you know, the Columbos or the mob tree, <clears throat> Sonny was like the definition of a gangster. I, I forgot how many years in prison he'd done. I think it was over 50. He got out when he was 103. I mean, he never talked. He never ratted. He never rolled on anyone. I'm telling on everybody, bro. <laughs> you gave me 50 you're fucking telling years. Me you're not making it out at 103? You're not going to? 50 years? I'm not down for 50. Yeah, but I'm a stand-up guy. I don't think I'm. I'm no. <laughs> no. We got to spread some of this around. Wade can do four. <laughs> Paulie can do seven. Brett I don't can even do like you. I don't even like Bill. Bill can do twenty. Brett can do a few. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brett's done some time. He he he's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on your books, bro. It's gonna, you know. But my God, yeah, he done a lot. And the 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 last one that he got arrested for, I don't I don't really think he did it. Um, there was not a lot of proof that he did it, but it was like. Oh, he's done so much other stuff. What does it matter? He, you know, we finally got him here. But I think Joey bringing Sonny's name up was what, you know, was the caveat for Michael to respond. But he he definitely doesn't respond like that to anybody. Now, him and Sammy done a thing together maybe a year or two ago. And right. I think the guy from Valuetainment kind of was the mediator in that or whatever. And I think right. they sold it. I think you had to buy it. Yeah, he he they had like a little bit of a beef. Yeah. And so he got them together and then they kind of quashed it. And then they went ahead and said, Hey, let's start doing some stuff together, you know. It's I, I think a lot of this is like WWE, like a work kayfabe, they used to call it. Um now this particular one we're talking about with Joey and Gene, I don't think that's a work. No. no. I don't I don't so, think that's a work at all. So real quick, because like I barely know what's going on. Right. And I don't know that most of the people that watch my show know everybody that watches your show knows, but can you tell me a little bit, uh, just a little bit about each one of these guys? So Joey is from Philadelphia, uh, grew up in the life. Father was in life. Um, and from a young age, like he survived a very big war that went on over there in Philly. 
Uh, he did get shot as a result of that. That's the video when Gene says he got shot in the ass. Right. Um, him and a, another friend of his was walking. They got lit up on by some other guys. Joey did get hit. Uh, his brother actually, uh, not brother, excuse me, his the guy he was walking with did die. Um, right. So that's what he's referring to in that video, just to give it some context. Um, you know, and he was able to become boss. He was boss for a long time. Allegedly, he was allegedly boss of the Philly for a long time. Um, he did do some time, I think, altogether around 13 or 14 years. But you were you you done time with him too, right? I had lunch and breakfast with him several times. Yeah, lunch and breakfast. <laughs> and and um, you know, was like I I don't think I other other than what's up, yeah, ever really talked to him. But of course, you know, listen, like I cooperated, right. like he has no, he, he's sitting there and I'm just listening to him and the other guys talk and I'm sitting at the table and I was brought over to the table. Like somebody brought me, said, Hey, yeah, hey, he's okay. And I sat me down. And of course the guy that sat me down isn't okay. Like nobody was really nobody. At the table was okay. Right. But, um, you know, he's clueless. Um, and he's sitting there, you know, he's really a, a miserable guy. Yeah. Like he's exactly kind of how he seems on those videos he's you know sits there and everybody that walks by he's got something negative to say and something you know it's just <laughs> he's just so negative that rap motherfucker piece of shit you know that <laughs> motherfucker he's a fucking punk he's it's like jesus bro like you're miserable so but yeah he um yeah how, so how long, long did you do with him um like a, like probably a year i think he was there when i left you know, because I was on the tail end. I did a, a year to 18 months. So, you know, I would, he barely had any time anyway. He got like three years or something. Right. It must so, have been and, one of the last, last uh, pinches that he had. Yeah. And, you know, he, listen, as soon as he got there, these guys had bags of commissary for him, tennis shoes. Like, it was just pathetic. Like, it was, that's what I was going to ask. Like, how is it for these guys, you know, in, in prison? They got these guys that are lower down the, you know, the ladder. Yeah. Who, as soon as they get there, you know, yo, you need anything, Joey? You need anything? Uh, you know, and and it's it's like what you know, what like I get it, like getting somebody like, hey, I know this guy, then giving him some shower slides and you know a little bit of stuff, but they they, they got bags of stuff for him, and they're they're running around catering to him, and it's like it, it just watching it just doesn't make sense. Even the stuff that he said in that video, it's like you're a lying rat bastard. No, I think he was telling the truth. He, he's <laughs> he's not. I mean, he may be a rat, but he's not lying about yeah. it. It was the truth. So, you know, telling his uh, telling his own family not to talk to their father anymore. Like, yeah, when he talked about that guy, he said his I don't know, his sister or whatever called him. He's like, what do I do? You know, he passed away. He's like, when's when's trash day? He's like, throw him in the fucking trash can. <laughs> he's just not a sharp guy. You know, he's not, he's a, he's a brute and he's just not that, you know, he, I don't know. He just comes from this kind of this, this, that age is just not around anymore. Skinny Joey Marlito. And the thing is too, like the guy's like five foot seven, five, eight. He probably weighs 135 pounds. I mean, he's, he's tiny. He's it's not a big guy. Uh, the pictures of him, you know, young, he was, he was always real skinny, which I mean, that's how a lot of those, you know, guys get their nickname, you know, fat, yeah, yeah. Um, skinny, Joey, tall, yeah. Tommy, whatever, whatever the fuck they call them. Yeah. They're, they're super creative, right? Yeah. Um, 
uh, Joey. He kind of he eventually becomes supposedly the head of the of the mob. Yeah, th- there was a a period of time where there was a guy named Ralph Natale. He wound up being in prison with Joey for a little while. He kind of sort of in my mind, I think he played Ralph to make Ralph the lightning rod for Philly. He was kind of the number two. That was when John Stanford was also around. Um, you know, there was a huge war between them. I mean, they shot at Stanford and his son on the on the highway in broad daylight. I mean, there were just there were shootings everywhere. And finally, Joey wound up winning. Um, Stanford went away. There was a guy that wore a wire um, that was around Joey, too. How Joey escaped a lot of that is I, I really am not 100 percent on. But there was a guy that wore a wire. He was a huge fucking guy. He worked for the he was a he was a. Mob, I guess you could say he was a mob guy, but he wore he wore a wire on all those guys. God, his name escapes me right now, and I'll know it as soon as we stop talking Did, about it. Didn't they try and kill him, Joey? No, not Joey. The 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 guy that wore the wire. They, I don't think they ever figured it out until it was kind of too late. But he had oh, a lot. Bobby Luisi talked about him. Bobby met him, and I think you've interviewed Bobby Luisi in the past. Bobby met the guy. I mean, he had he had tapes on everybody. Yeah, Ron Previty. Ron Previty was the name. And he was around a lot of those guys. And I guess he just didn't have enough on Joey on tape to to hurt him. But, you know, like I said, it, anyways, Natalie wound up getting called. He cooperated. Um, everybody around there really cooperated. John Stanford had go to prison and didn't cooperate. So I guess you could call that he stood up and took whatever they gave him. But Joey was the, the head of the family for a long time. And then now, like, Allegedly, until a few years ago, he was still tied to it. Um, but I think now, more or less, he's probably distanced himself from it because he had to move to Boco for a little while. I think it was he opened up a restaurant down there, uh, Merlino's. Right. Um, you know, he was on Instagram a long time ago. Mm. You know, he was on Instagram years ago, really. That's why they called him the Instagram Don. Uh, but he's always been he's always been accessible to the people. He's always talked. He's always talked to reporters like he. He was what Gotti was in the, you know, the nineties, but he was just a little bit smarter than Gotti because, and the reason why I say that is because Gotti and everything that he, as much as his name still engulfs people, you know, with Netflix and that new documentary, Gotti's run was only just a few years, you know, right. it was a very, very short time before he went down. Now, largely that was due to Sammy. Joey had like a, you know, a few decade run as, as boss. So I put that as, you don't last that long in that business or game or whatever way of life and, and be a dummy. So he's, he's no dummy whatsoever. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the hit on him. I mean, you know, he did 13 years, I think altogether. a big one was for, I want to say a robbery armored car robbery. And then one of the more recent ones, which is what he talks about a lot on the podcast is he made a bet, like a small bet with a guy named J.R. Rubio, I think. And he, Got locked up for it. he he went to trial for it. It was a mistrial. They were going to do it again, and I think the only time he ever just pled guilty and he done like a year, and he got out. It was the only time he had ever pled. He always took it to trial, no matter what. Right. That's when I met him. Okay. Oh, for that bet. Yeah. Okay. Well, what there was like he had gone to trial and he won and then he ended up taking a plea and it was whatever it was. It was for 18 months or two years. He got like two yeah. or three years. Yeah. But he ends up going, goes for like a year and change. And then he goes to a halfway house. Yeah. Where was that president? Coleman, Coleman where, low. Where is that at? It's a mile North of Tampa. Okay. In Florida. 
Okay. So, you know, and as far as the, the dummy part, I didn't get rocket science uh, for uh, scientist from the guy uh, myself. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe it's that the, the Philly accent that threw me, you know, I, I, maybe that whole thuggish thing, but you know, and you may be absolutely right. Right. Um, But he always just seemed like and and book smarts are two different things too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's true. But he just always seemed like a brute. Right. Uh, Well, I think in that life, you've got to be. That's true. That's you true. can't you can't be in that life and be around those types of people that or anybody's looking for an avenue or opportunity to maybe kill you and shake everybody's hand and be a nice guy. Those yeah. those things don't really go hand in hand. So right, uh, I've I've never met the man, but I mean, I would think that that's probably something he developed and probably had to keep. I mean, it's it's just like the movie of Bronx Tale. You know, the Chaz Palminteri. I'm sure you've seen Bronx Tale, right? Right. Um. You know, he tells him, he's like, you got to give them enough respect, you know, for them to, you know, appreciate. But if you don't give them enough, you know, they can piss as a fine line, you know. So that I think that's kind of what that come from. And I mean, like I said, street smarts and book smarts, two different things. Like he made a lot of money over the years. You made a lot of money over the years. Yours. And we actually talked about in text the other day. Yours is an entirely different way. Um, right. So I think that's probably where that comes in from. He's got to maintain at least a, a presence of that. Um, and in prison too, I imagine that don't, you need to have that as well. You would like people to be afraid of you. I would think I've never yeah, been. There. I mean, I, I, he, um, you know, honestly, he, I, I watched something on him one time and the guy that was kind of one of the guys they were interviewing said, well, you know, the thing about Marlino is he knows how to do time. And yeah. the truth is, you know, he did like, he very quickly had a routine. He went, he worked out, he jogged, yeah. he, he had a whole, like immediately he was engulfed in being in prison. He wasn't walking around bitching and moaning and miserable. Yeah. He, he very quickly, um, got into a routine and I'm sure his time flew by and, you know, he, he wasn't, he didn't act miserable being there. He's a miserable person. Like he's somebody who talks about other people a lot, which is something that's, that's odd. But you know what? This is the funny thing. All those mob guys do, which is weird to me. They all kind of bicker about each other. And you, there were these two different factions when I first got there that used to hang out together. And then somebody said something to somebody. And now they had two different little camps. Yeah. These seven guys stood to get, hung out together and these five guys. And, they, it went, and it was long family lines. Well, if you watch Sopranos, they've done the same thing. They would sit in the back of that strip club and they would talk shit about New York and New York would talk shit about Jersey. And, you know, that's, I mean, those things, that's about as close to a, a real life mob show and in, in, in details, a reality show, maybe as you get allegedly real mob guys would talk with David Chase and give him insight on how they, how they would talk, what things they wouldn't say vernacular certain ways. And that's all like supposedly in Jersey, like there's a, a family called the DeCavalcanti family, which is supposedly who they are kind of based on. Like the, the area where they shot at the pork store, like a, a few blocks down is an actual store where the decavs hung out. And there's even, uh, I don't know if it's um like wiretap or just surveillance footage or whatever. And they're sitting there and they're talking about Sopranos is, Hey, these guys are supposed to be us here. These Sopranos. And, so, I mean, it, it was pretty true to form, but that's how they did it in there. They would sit in there. They would bitch, even guys in their own crew, they would bitch about this guy or that guy when they're, you know, obviously alone. So I think a lot of that goes on. I really do. So tell, what about, um, you know, and I, I've watched uh, Frenzies. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I saying it right? 
I've heard that dude's name pronounced 15,000 different ways. Michael Franzese, Franzese, I think is how it's supposed to be. In the movie Goodfellas, they mention him when they're okay. going around the bar. This is, you know, Jimmy, get the papers or what? all the names that they're doing. And he says Michael Franchese. Right. Which is why. But they changed a lot of names in Goodfellas from the real people. Like they called Jimmy Burke. His real name in real life, or uh, they called him Jimmy Conway in the movie. His life, his name in real life was Jimmy Burke. Um, Tommy, I don't know what they called him in Goodfellas, but his real name was Tommy Simone. The only one that I think was the accurate name was Henry Hill. Other right. than that, they tweaked everybody just a little bit. So that's probably why. But they say Franchese in Goodfellas. That's why I've heard a lot of people call him that. But I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's Francis, Michael Francis. Well, and his name was. He was with the Columbos, right? So his dad was um, Sonny Francis, who we referenced earlier, that spent all the time in jail. And his claim to fame, really, in that world, he was a racketeer. And he's even admitted, like, he wasn't necessarily what you would say a prototypical mobster is you know, going to be in the street with a gun, but he was a moneymaker. And he figured out a way that he would open up these shell companies, gasoline companies. He would buy the gas, but not pay the tax on it. And, and I may be not detailing it 100% perfect, but whatever it was, it made a shitload of money. Right. And whenever they would stop giving that one business gas because they weren't paying the tax, then he would just move and open up another one. And I mean, it was making millions. And so the mob loved him. And so much so that apparently one point in time, they thought that he was stealing money. And his dad even said, like, look, if he's stealing money, do whatever you got to do. Like he okayed him to be taken out. Right. That was how much of a gangster his father was. Like, yeah, if you got to kill him. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing here, but that's uh right. That was the that was basically the consensus is if he's stealing from you guys, I know what's gotta be done. It is what it is. And he eventually went to jail. His story is he never cooperated on anyone from the life. That nobody right. went to jail from the life. He kind of finessed and swindled the government, giving up how he did things and and Things of that nature. There are some people that say they're 302s that he testified against certain people that wasn't in the life, which is that's kind of splitting hairs, however you want to, however you want to say it. But he went to jail. He done his time. He got out. After that, he found religion. He got heavy into religion and, you know, born again, God, Christ and all that. And then a couple of years ago, and he would he would travel speaking as well. He would go to these places and speak and tell his story. And then he started getting into YouTube. And he's really he's now he's finally starting to branch out because I tell people too, this mob stuff, especially if you're telling your own story, it's got a shelf life. There's only so many huge platforms you can go on. And he's been on them all. He's been on Valuetainment. He's been on Vlad. He's been on all the, the big boys. So a lot of people are familiar with it. So at some point, you got to start doing something else to keep the viewers. And that's what he did. He started going over. Bob movies like the Bronx tale, Goodfellas. He started highlighting Sopranos. Okay. This would work because of this. This wouldn't work because of this. And his subscribers grew. I think he's over a million now. If he's not, he's, he's in the high 900. So he's right there at it. Um, he's done a lot with Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson. I'm actually going to see Francis and Tyson in New York in a couple of weeks in the 25th in January. Okay. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's went, above and beyond now branching into different things. And that's kind of where he's at on this. And he doesn't get into the beefs. A lot of people say his name because they want, you know, a track. It's kind of like Eminem. If rappers come out and they say Eminem's name, they hope he responds because then people that listen to Eminem will say, okay, who's he talking about? And then they go discover them. 
Yeah. So a lot yeah, of people. Got one, I'm sorry. Sorry. One point. He's got over 1.1 million. Okay. So we did break a million. Yeah. So he's up there. And I've actually, I, I didn't even get mentioned no name, but he was talking about Ruggiano, who's a guy from Orlando that I've done a lot of stuff with. And the clip that he showed from Ruggiano's channel was actually a clip of me and him together in the studio. So nice. I didn't get, I didn't get name drop, but I was on there. I think a facial nerve recognition, I guess. But yeah, I mean, he seems like a, a nice guy. Um, he seems like a guy you could sit down, talk to, have a good conversation with. Um, never met him personally. Hopefully that will change in a few weeks. But it was out of character somewhat for him to respond to Joey. Right. But allegedly, so, if you watch the video, Joey, Michael's people reached out to Joey for them to get together. And which well, I that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But it, he also, if you watch his response, the guy that reached out who... For some reason, uh, Marlena was saying was his lawyer, um, but uh, Franzis says Z's Franzis says it. Am I saying it wrong? And how do you say it? Franzis, you're Franzese. right. Franzis says it's not his lawyer. He's a guy that worked for him for about six months, or and hadn't worked for him for over six months. Wasn't his lawyer and reached out to Joey Marlino on his own didn't tell him he was going to do it he's like he probably had good intentions but like i didn't tell him to reach out so you know he kind of cleared that up like there's all these little look out of all the guys that have class you know he's he's the guy that's got the most class that you like you said seems like you could sit down and have a conversation with him about pretty much anything that's not going to happen with marlino yeah Um, and and i'll tell you another thing about marlino so one of the guys that Marlino used to talk to every once in a while, right, was a guy named Joseph Vitali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joseph Vitali, uh, I wrote a story about. Now, in Joseph Vitali's story, toward the end of the writing of the story, Vitali tells me that the guy that murdered his best friend um, basically confessed to him, not knowing, like they were in jail together. They were in like pretrial together. So they're in, in the county jail, you know, the U.S. Marshals holdover, and they're waiting to be sentenced. And the guy, so uh, Vitaly explains that he's a former stockbroker. And this guy goes, oh, I knew a stockbroker once. And then as they're kind of hanging out, you know, progresses, the guy tells him that he killed the guy. He admits the vitality. Now, when the guy told him he knew a stockbroker and he describes who the stockbroker is, he realizes he's talking about Vitaly's friend who overdosed. But nobody ever thought he really overdosed. Like the girl he was seeing, his fiance never, th- you know, there was, there were two girls. He was, had a girlfriend and he had a fiance. His fiance mm-hmm. said, no, he was murdered. The girl said he was, she, he was murdered. And she said that another guy murdered him. So he knows all this. So he's telling him all this. He's like, oh, okay. And he kind of hangs out with the guy just to kind of see what happens, how it progresses. And whatever, a few days later or a week later, the guy, he ends up saying, that the guy had owed a girl that he did collections for money and he gave him a hot shot and they robbed him of like 30 grand, Mm. 30 grand was missing. The fiance, when she comes back to the house and they find the body, 
admits, you know, that the, the house had been robbed. 30 grand in cash was missing. The police made some phone calls. They didn't look into it too much. And they said, look, he died of an overdose and he was a drug addict. What do you want us to tell it? You know, what, what, you know, they didn't look to, you know, they got a lot of, they got a lot of murders down there in Broward. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, but Vitaly definitely thinks that this guy, he's like, oh no, the guy told me he murdered him. So I, we contacted law enforcement and Vitaly was upset because he was like, I never told the police this because my lawyer said it doesn't look good for you to say, I know about a murderer makes it sound like you hang out with guys that are murderers. Yeah. So don't mention it. So he never says anything. And, I, and when we were talking about it, he was upset. He was like, I, I didn't want like cooperation. I don't want to get, I didn't want to get out of prison. I didn't want anything, but I want this guy prosecuted. He murdered my friend. Like that's what a normal person does. That's how a normal person behaves. Everybody else is, oh, I would have, I would have killed him. I would have, you know, shut up. You're a fucking idiot. You wouldn't have done nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it, that, so, you know, Vitaly was, you know, upset. We end up, I end up writing a letter to, to the, the, um, homicide detective, homicide detective calls down to the prison and gets Vitaly on the phone. Vitaly tells them what happened. They reopen the investigation. They look into it. They come back and they say, there's just nothing we can do because the coroner's already ruled it a, um, you know, an accidental overdose. And the guy was a drug addict. Yeah. Now the girl that was involved in the whole thing, she later came out and said that this guy, the guy's name is, um, they call him Rico, that Rico did murder him. So she's like, but she, when they, they said, well, you know what, when we reached out to you, you refused to talk to us. You hung up the phone on us a few times. You wouldn't call us back. You wouldn't do it. And she's like, I was scared. I didn't know, but he killed him. And I know he killed him and didn't matter that, you know, that they were like, it's too late. Yeah. So there was an article that was written about me in the Atlantic magazine, about how I was in prison writing true crime stories. They end up highlighting Vitaly's story in there and how he contacted the um he spoke with um the homicide detectives about the murder so he they admit they he talked to homicide detectives about this guy who's you know so to me that's a normal thing that you do yeah. you're, you're you're like this has nothing to do with your crime or my crime you fucking murdered someone you admitted you murdered and it was a it was a friend of mine vitali is not an italian mobster who's going to take the guy out or kill the guy or do, he's not going to do that he's not a violent person he's not he's a stockbroker he's a normal citizen who got screwed up and went to jail for two or three years uh, who made some mistakes and you know went ended up going to jail so we cooperate. He talks to the authorities, but nothing ever happens. So that ends up being in the in the in the magazine article. Marlino reads the article because it it was on it was when I left. As soon as I left, and it went, it got written, and suddenly everybody at Coleman was reading the article. And Vitali by that point had been shipped to another prison. But Marlino, who used to talk to Vitali, read the article. When he gets out, Marlino goes to a halfway house in Miami. Well, not Miami and whatever, Broward somewhere. It's like down Palm Beach. So he goes there and Vitali goes there at the same time. Vitali told me he walks in. He said, I'm walking in. I, I see 
him on the payphone or Vitaly was on the payphone where he said, I, he said, I look up and I see Marlene and I go, Hey, what's up? And he looks at him and he's like, you know, you see a friendly face. It's somebody I know. And Marlena looks at him and goes, Hey, and then remembers, Oh, he spoke with a homicide detectives and he just looked at him and he went, put his head up and walked the other way. You know, he's delusional. This is a guy who's, Talk to homicide detectives about a murder, and in his mind, he's a snitch. No, he's a citizen. So that means any citizen that speaks with law enforcement in Marlino's mind is a snitch. If someone breaks in your house and you call the cops, you're a snitch. No matter what, you're a snitch. And you know, listening to him talk to his niece about his uncle, you know, like or it's, you know, it's like. You're telling her not to talk to her dad, not to bury her father, not to like, what are you doing? Well, and you know, those guys that, that live strictly to that code like that, like him, like John Gotti. And there's a few other ones that you can name. Sonny was one, Sonny Francis, Michael's father. They're not common. No. Because that that thought process, that mindset, and to follow through with it is is very hard. That's right. why a lot of these guys cooperate. That's why people cooperate in regular stuff, not just not just you know mob shit. You know any any type of crime. A lot of times people people talk and cooperate. Yeah, but that seems to be the only thing he's following through on. Well, right, and that's what I'm saying. He's so dead set on that. That's just how he is, and he's not ever going to change. That will no. be his belief system until he dies. No. And that was that's probably how he was raised. That's probably how he'll raise his kids. And I always say, like, it really depends on, like, what happened to you and maybe how you were brought up that can instill that. Because, like, until I had my situation, I never really looked at law enforcement as, you know, bad. I never looked at them in a bad way. I thought they're, they're trying to do their job. Yada, yada. And for the right. most part, I know that's what a lot of them are yeah. doing. But now, like after I went through what I did and I had a fucked up detective trying to basically put me in jail forever, I look at it from way different perspective now. I don't trust police. I don't, I will not call them unless I absolutely have to. Like, I'm not one of these guys like, fuck the police. I'm never going to call. Them. If somebody's breaking in my house or if I'm dying or whatever and I need to call the police, I'm going to call them. Right. But I'm not, that's going to be the only time. Like, I'm not just going to just trust police all willy nilly like that. And I'll, I'll tell my son the same thing. I'm like, he got questioned the other day. He was walking through the neighborhood. He was with two guys. And, you know, there's been some recent events in the neighborhood where three boys together had caused some some issues. And so the police stopped him and they started talking to him. He was like, where do you stay in? And where do you live? And how long have you been here? Just asking all these questions. And somebody noticed that he was talking to my son and he called me. So I went down there. By then the cop had left. But I just explained to him. I'm like, look, from now you don't say shit. To those yeah. cops, like you don't say nothing. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to be a bad guy, but I just, I know how they can jam you up. So you look at it from somebody like Merlino's perspective, maybe how he was brought up, you know, in that lifestyle. Maybe that was instilled in him at an early age. You don't fucking rat. You don't call the cops. Maybe that was just then, something then, in there from birth. Right, but he's on social media. Yeah, like you're on Instagram. You're on YouTube. You're now. Now the the worst thing is one. Obviously, his channel is is. The worst thing about the channel is that if Marlena would kind of follow the basic platform of doing, he could follow Sammy the Bull and he could follow um, Michael Franzi's um, model 
He could beat them all. And he could blow up. I think he could. He doesn't have the, but his, his inability, his temperament and his inability, inability to kind of conform in any way is going to have this guy doing like, like right now they're doing, they've got sponsors. They've got the guy cusses every other word. There's no way his videos are getting monetized. They're at least getting partially demonetized. He's, he's getting some views, but you're, you're talking about, you're, you're picking bets. Yeah. Like you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're picking, you know, really you're picking losers, you know, you're not betting well, you know, he's, it's not, it's not doing great. No. So, I mean, like, you know, people are tuning in. I think they're tuning in because they're, they're almost rooting for him. Yeah. Well, you're not, you don't, you've never had a guy like Joey that has lived that life, never right. cooperated, never said a word. Like he's probably the only guy that can come on these shows and, or not these shows. He doesn't go on shows. He has his show, but he's the only guy that can come on YouTube and say, you know what? I never done what any of these other guys did. And at the end of the day, he's, he's 100% correct. He didn't. Right. Um, and you're not going to get that. So the fact that he can do that and he can put that, he can't hang his hat on that, I think would catapult him above those guys. If they took that show serious and he could probably just talk about stuff that obviously uh, he wouldn't want to get himself jammed up, but stuff that he's did, stuff that's over, stuff that he can't be reindicted on. He could talk about what happened with John Gotti. He could talk about what happened with this guy, with that guy. He, you know, the problem is, I don't think he's ever bumped into anybody that he didn't think was a fucking snitch. Or he wasn't ready to talk shit about or rip off. Like, listen, I got a buddy who knows, you know, Marlena. I just have two buddies that know them. And both of them said the same, the same thing. First of all, he's broke. He's got no money. He's driving around in somebody else's vehicle. He's living in like a, a nice house, but it's not his. Somebody else owns it. So it's basically people are like taking pity on him. Well, there's a lot of that because he don't want to have stuff in his name or just. No, he, he just, it, listen, he owes his lawyers money. He owes everybody that's gone into business with him in every single uh, case, whether it legal or illegal, he's ripped off left and right. Like, and this is, this is two different people telling me like, listen, bro, like nobody will lend him money. Nobody. He owes, he owes everybody money and he's just not making money. So, so what does he do? He finally goes on YouTube thinking I'll, I'll, I'll make money on YouTube. But I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to be real, and I'm going to do this. And, and he's got this little fat kid helping him. So, you know, that poor kid, I feel bad for him. You know, like, like I, I, I want to take him and say, hey, man, let me talk to you on the phone. Look, you've got to do this. You got to Like, I, I want to have a conversation with him and say, look, you gotta, you're going to have to do this, 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 and this, and you guys will blow up. Yeah. And but they could, they could, you could tweak could. a few things. They had Ric Flair on and he said the audio was so bad because they filmed it in a fucking restaurant. The audio was so bad. They had to take it down. So you lose a golden opportunity like Ric Flair because you didn't have the audio stuff straightened well, out. First of all, they're, they're doing their podcasts in horrible settings. Yeah. Like you, you don't even have a professional enough videographer to, uh, to explain to you that we need to be in a studio. Yeah. You know, and, and here's the thing. I think mostly it's just because he has no money to, to get a studio. They have no, they don't have the ability to get a studio. And a lot of that happens with a lot of these guys. There's some, there's a, other guys I won't mention, but they basically bounce around doing videos in different people's studios because yeah. they're just too cheap to actually get themselves a studio or even say, Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move into an apartment. I'm going to use my spare room. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Right. There's not that, that's honestly, that's what most people do. Yeah. Uh, I just, 
anyway, so tell me about what, tell, let, let's talk about um, uh, Gene. So Gene was with the Bananos. Uh, he was, he was a wild kid. I mean, he'd done a lot of home invasions. He was a stick up kid. I mean, he was not afraid to use his fists. He was not afraid to use a gun. Um, he did do, he did cooperate. Um, right. How did that, what, what was that? I don't know the full extent of who he cooperated on, but I know he did cooperate and him, you know, John a light, right? Yeah. Um, so him and John actually done a show together. It was called the Johnny and Gene show. Okay. And they were doing well, but I want to say, and I don't want to speak out of school. So and I'm sure you'll talk to him and he might can break it down a little bit more than, than I can. But I think at that time, Gene couldn't be around other felons. And so like he was doing this with John in the studio. And so that became a problem. And then that had to, they broke that up. Uh, well, I don't say they broke that up, but it was, they basically had to stop. Um, then he did go back to jail. I want to say 2019 ish. Right. Moved to Tampa. He opened up a car detailing uh, service and some other things. He was actually in Tampa when I went down there to see you. Okay. And not long after that, he got locked up again and he done like a year, which is when he just got out off this stretch. Right. And I was supposed to interview him and he was still the day of the interview or was it the night before night before the interview, he texted me and said, are you in Tampa or, you know, are you in, and it was like, are you in Hillsborough County? That's what I said. I said, no, I'm, I'm a couple miles outside. I'm in like Pasco. And he came back. He's like, I can't come. And I went, why? He said, I got an ankle monitor on. I can't leave Hillsborough County. I said, that's ah, a couple miles outside. He said, man, these people aren't screwing around. <laughs> he said, this isn't the feds. I can't yeah. go a couple miles outside and explain it. He said, trust me, they're tracking me. He's like, they're desperate. They're, they're, they're dying to put me back in jail. He Jesus. said, I'm not, I'm not doing it. He said, no, I can't. So now he, he went somewhere. He's somewhere. I'm supposed to do, do it again. Like in a week or so we're going to do something, but he, he operated a lot out of uh, the Queens area, what they call Howard beach. So he was out of there and I think it was 2016 when he was arrested. And then he did agree to become a witness. He wrote the book. And like I said, I don't have that book on me, but he posted on his Is Instagram Monster disciple or something like that. Isn't that what's called? No, uh, no, I can tell you what it is. The I think the the guy that wrote it is something Romano. Frank Romano, does that ring a bell to you? Mm. Born in the life, Gene Barilla. Born in the life, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Born in the life. Um, so yeah. Gene, his violate or he went back to jail. It was a domestic violence. Yeah, with his girlfriend. I, I only say that because that's what Marlino brings up. Yeah. They keep bringing that up because there, there was a lot of videos floating around. And I mean, I'm not letting anything out of the bag where Gene and his girlfriend had some issues and she recorded him after he had kicked in the door and other shit like that. And it, it all became public. Um, so that was really what it was was stemming from was was women issues. It wasn't like he had gotten back into crime or anything like that. Right. Um, so relationships are fucking dangerous, man. Uh, <laughs> especially <when you> got- <laughs> well, especially if you're prone to kick in doors. He said yeah. he said, Ah, that chick's they're volatile. We're always <laughs> screaming at each other. I heard him, I think I watched a video where he said something like, um, he's like did I threaten to kill her? He said, yeah, but we're always threatening to kill each other or something like <laughs> yeah, that. It's probably normal. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> so, oh. you know, 
I guess everybody's relationship's different. But, um, but uh, one thing I'll say about Gene is like, all these guys and what they do, like Merlino and his, you know, fuck rats and all this and all that and other, like he's behind it 100%. Gene owns the fact that he told and he's very open about like where he is, where he's going to be. He's like, look, he's like, you guys don't scare me. I'll put where I'm at. When yeah. I run into you, I'm going to slap you. That's all that is to it. I, I would be curious to see if they did bump into each other because Joey and them go a lot of places. They go to New York. He's obviously down in Boca. Um, the possibility for them running into each other isn't out of the, you know, the norm. Um, what would happen? I think it would be interesting. If you ask me right now, if I think of Joey seen Gene, I think Joey would, would confront him. I do. Yeah. As I, to what I, would happen? I don't I think, think, I don't know. I think Gene would knock him out. I mean, he's not a little guy. Marlena's yeah, no, a Gene's, tiny guy. Yeah. Gene's cut up. I mean, he does a lot of stuff on Instagram. Like he's, he's in good shape. Yeah. I mean, Marlino's in good shape. Look, yeah. listen, Marlino for his age. And, and I mean, listen, I wish I could maintain the, the body, low body fat he's got. Like he's in amazing shape. How do those but, guys do that? And they eat like, I mean, they're Italian. I'm sure they eat Italian a lot. Like, isn't that? Not the, I like to think it's drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, it would just kill me if it was just genetics. Like that would just irritate the piss out of me. Yeah. Because I mean, like it's getting harder and harder these days to to you know, especially being Italian and like you just like you said, all the fucking pasta and yeah, and it's good. I love Italian food. I'd eat it every fucking day if I could. But I mean, it's just like I don't know. It, it listen, it's insane. I just ordered. I just uh, I I'm you know I I I'm on uh, the testosterone therapy. Yeah. Listen, I just the doctor. I you know you have to have these. You, it's funny that I'm talking about this. You know, I, you have to have these uh, meetings, right? Like uh, the Zoom meetings or whatever. The, yeah. Know. So, you know, every like six, uh, six, every month or every 60 days, or something, you have to have one of these. And the guy comes on and I talk to the doctor and every time I've done it, every time I've said, bro, I'm hungry all the time. I've gained weight. I've gained like 15 pounds. I need to lose some weight. He's like, well, do you want to cut back on the you know, on the testosterone. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I need something else. He's like, so you want me to prescribe something else? I'm like, yes. He's like, well, how much weight have you gained? And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm starving as I'm, I can be full and feel self feel hungry. And he said, okay, well, testosterone can do that to some people. Like, and the problem is, and he started explaining, he started talking about uh, talking in all this, this language I didn't understand about how the peptides or the dolicyl and the cupolaca, you know, get <laughs> such and such. And it makes you hungry because of this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know about all that. So I just, so he prescribed me something that he said, listen, I'm going to prescribe you this. He said, this should help. He's like, but you know, and listen, it's like, he's like, you know, it's, it's, he's like, it's good. You know, you know, it, your hair may fall out. No, um, you know, no, he didn't say that. He, he said, he was like, he was like, look, it's good. It's this, you know, I'm going to prescribe a low dosage to try and trim off, you know, the, the, your, your appetite. And, and I talked to another guy. So they had me talk to another guy and he was like, look, you're going to have to go slow because if you take too much, it'll make you feel, it will make you feel um, nauseous. And I was like, okay. He said, no, I don't mean for like a day. I mean, like for a week, you're taking one shot a week. So for a week, you're going to feel, walk around feeling like you want to throw up. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. He said, right. So take a small dosage. <laughs> He's explaining to me. So I was like, I, they're, listen, they're making me scared talking about it. I'm like, what are you, <laughs> like, I'm starting to feel like being tubby is the way to go. 
And they're like, I guess. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. My, my wife is 18 years younger than me, bro. I can't, I can't, and I just can't embrace it. And she won't let me, she'll look at me. She'll be like, listen, it's about time to get that under control. Isn't it? And she's not, listen, she's well, not. I noticed when we went out up there, y'all both ate salads. Y'all were on the more healthy end. Yeah, I don't want any salad. But when you got, when when you go, oh yeah, um, uh, do you guys have, uh, do you have a blooming onion? And you get that, that look from her. <laughs> blooming onion? No, no. Don't make me order for you. Yeah. Like I'll order sometime and then, uh, you know, I'll, we'll order and then she'll, she'll say, yeah, that's it. No, why? Because we're splitting that. Yeah. I'm like, we are? She's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was down there with the buffalo shrimp mac and cheese and the, yeah. the, all the unhealthy platter at the end of the table there. <laughs> so, okay. So here's, here's the, vi- so as of right now, I, so we know who all the players are. Mm-hmm. They've all got YouTube channels. Yep. I don't know if Gene does. Does Gene, Gene doesn't have one. No, yet. I guess he's got an inst. He does Instagram. I'm sure he's he got a wants- TikTok. I think that he tells stories on. I don't think he has a full blown show. Like I said, he had it a while back with John A. Light that got separated. I think he probably should, but maybe he's just maybe that's not his thing right now. He does go on shows. Well, I think what happened was he was on probation. Yeah. He's probably waiting to get off probation. Once again, you know these guys like you, there's just not the you know you think about being a mobster like there's just just it's not a ton of money in being a mobster. And, and now I was gonna say and not just that like look look up you know. Marlino, you you got what a decade, two decades being the and and what have you got? You're living off of hand handouts. I mean, it's you know, and and even then you can't save yourself by going on. You you could go on YouTube, which is to me, that's just not a stand up mobster kind of thing to do. But that's fine. It, it is what it is. That's what Gene said when he first come out and they started talking about it. He's like the fact that he's on YouTube and he's from that life. He's like that makes him just as much of a rat as me. Now I don't know if people subscribe to that, but that's what Gene said. Right. Yeah. That makes, I, I mean, I, I, I do, I know he said that. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the thing too, with Michael and what he, what got him fired up about his father, Joey's philosophy was that his father, Sonny knew that Michael cooperated. He should have never, you know, talked to him again. The guy was 103 when he got out of jail. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, gonna, bro? What like, is he going to do? I, 103. I might give the man a pass. I mean, <laughs> You know, he's, I don't think he had very much time left after he got out of jail, but I want to say at that time when he got out, he was the oldest serving inmate in the United States when he got out. Listen, I, that, you know, Marlino's tough guy. I don't give anybody any fucking breaks. Bullshit is going to have him dying fucking broke. It's why nobody fucking wants to deal with the guy. So I made a clip of I made a clip of what I'm calling, no, wait, it, it, I, I called it YouTube wars, or I'm sorry, YouTube mob wars. What did you call them? What did you call them? What I said, ain't that what I said? YouTube mob two, mob two, mob wars? two, mob yeah. two wars. Yeah. So this is the mob two wars. So this is my, I, I threw a little compilation of the drama together. And because Marlino's in it, I, I had to bleep out all these words. <laughs> so yeah, if he got paid by the F word, he'd be he wouldn't have no problems. That <laughs> so here, here it is. I got a message from Michael Franchese's lawyer. Hi, Joe. I represent Michael Franchese, and we'd like to discuss possibly having you on his podcast. 
My answer, never. I don't entertain lying rats. Here's his response. He told me the government never considered him a cooperating witness. My response, he's a lying motherfucker. He knows he's a rat. His whole family knew he was a rat, including his father. The lawyer touched back and said, his father was a stand-up guy. He did 50 straight years. I said, but he still condoned what his son did. He knew his son was a rat, and he picked him up from jail when he got out. Shit. Come on. Well, don't. (laughs) On his last bid. So in my opinion, if you condone your son being a rat, you're just as bad as him. His son put Nobby Walters away, and he testified against your father's driver, I think it was. You're a rat. You know you're a f***ing rat. Same thing with Sammy the Bull. Listen, do me a favor, will you rat motherfuckers? Do not invite me on your show. Well, yeah, because they're trying to get ratings on your show. Yeah. And and we're in Tampa. I think I think that other, that other rat lives out here. Yes. You know what? I don't like to make, and I don't try to make enemies, but you don't go off and say things about my father that are absolutely untrue. You couldn't shine my father's shoes on his worst day. But you feel it appropriate just to shoot your mouth off and call people names. Like what you say about me, I could care less. You don't mean anything to me. But what you said about my father? Who are you kidding? My father was the most stand-up guy in that life. They all put up shoes. I couldn't shine his father's shoes. Your father's a f***ing rat just like you. First of all, let me explain something to you. Your father knew you were a rat, and he hung with you. I got an uncle that's a rat, my Uncle Lawrence. That's listen. Not associate, ever take his call again, ever go see him. They said they, they won. I call her up. My father died. I'm like, good. She said, like, we bury him? I said, I said throw him in the f***ing trash. They never talked to me again. But that's what you do. You disowned him. You don't f***ing condone it. You condone it, you're just as bad as them. And Michael Franchese, you said you, you, said you didn't cooperate, huh? Right, you're right on everybody. Here's all your 302s. I'm going to show them. Gene Borelli. Gene Borelli. He's threatening us. He wants to beat us yeah, up. Yeah, he's going to... This is the last time I'm going to talk about you because you ain't even worth it. But you're a f- rat and you know you're a rat. You said you're sticking up for the rats. You're going to beat me up. If I was a girl, you'd probably beat me up. You, you don't like to fight, guys. I guess this has become a little online war, as you want to say. You might be the boss of Philly, Joey Molino, but remember, you're the boss of seven guys. New York guys don't respect that. Okay, let's get into something else. You got shot in your ass and your friend got killed. You did nothing about it. You didn't even retaliate. What kind of gangster are you? They shot my friend through the neck, and what I do? I tore up the whole streets. Retaliation. That's what I did. Okay? Let's get into something else. You're the boss of Philly, right? So when you go to prison, right, and you did your time, why is everybody in Philly f***ing your wife? Where's the respect and fear of that? When my G. Alonzo went to jail, my old captain, dudes were scared to talk to his wife. They wouldn't even look at her. Your wife was getting train ran on her. New York Giants getting her pregnant. Where's the respect and the fear? You're a joke. You're on YouTube. You're talking bad about people. Blah, blah, blah. You're a f-ing joke, okay? All right? I'm an embarrassed out of you. I'm different than these other guys. I'm an ex-street thug. Hands-on dude, bro. Go ask about me. You can hear these fake stories all you want. When you run into me, see who's running. I mean, he seems irritated. Outside of the the fact that he cooperated, like he's 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 right, right. The fact that he's uh he was a hands on guy, like he was he's he's fucking crazy is what he was. <laughs> At least he was. Um, so I would I would really be interested in to see what happened if they were for some reason bumping each other because right. Gene is very open about where he's at. Like I follow him on Instagram and I've talked to him a time or two through uh, text message or DM. And like anywhere he goes, he put, I'm going here. 
I'll be downtown at whatever. I'll be at this spot. I'll be at that spot. So he doesn't hide. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not saying Joey does either, but I'm just saying Gene doesn't, uh, Gene doesn't hide where he's at. You know, here's what kills me. It's it's funny because it's kind of like in the, uh, do you remember in the Sopranos where Tony at one point, he's just driving like upstate New York or something. And he looks over and he sees a guy that was, that had cooperated that had been relocated. So it kind of tracks him down. He ends up killing him. Yeah. That was early. That was like episode three of the first season. Right. Cause it was like, Oh my God. You know, like this, this, this is what you do. I, I know where this guy is. I gotta, I gotta whack this guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows where these guys are. Like if the federal government had ever thoroughly decapitated and crushed an or a criminal organization, it has done so with the mob yeah. because this is what you're down. These guys are, there's infighting on YouTube. That's what it's down to. There's infighting of mobsters on on open platforms in front of everybody, calling each other names. But you know, it, it's it's just silly. That was founded upon the exact opposite of that secret right. society <laughs> under the radar, behind the you know behind the screen, behind the scenes. Right. Everybody operated, and so I think the heyday of of people that you know it was a I want to say fun, but good time to do that was in like the the sixties, the seventies, when they were rubbing elbows with Sinatra and all of that, you could hide money very well. There wasn't cameras. You were able to take money, turn around, put it in legitimate businesses. Like you could get away with a lot of stuff back then. Nowadays from like the nineties on or a late eighties on, like it's, it's so hard. And especially now, like anybody and jeans, I've heard Gene say this too. He's like, anybody that thinks there's any future in being a, a mob guy right now is fucking crazy. Right. Absolutely. I mean, he's absolutely right. Just like he was saying, like going on and talking about it openly. Like these are guys that were like, there is no Cosa Nostra. There is no mob. I don't know what you're talking about. They have just denied yeah. it to the end. Now these guys are going on and openly talking about it, which I'm not saying that's a problem. Like, that's fine. That's what you're doing. I'm not knocking you. What I'm knocking is the fact that you're still trying to hold true to a code in an organization that has been decimated. Yeah. And for you to hold true to this code and to such a degree that it, it, it's it's actually debilitating to your actual lifestyle. Like Marlino could yeah. make something of himself. Yeah. He just mentally can't can't do it. And he's doing he's mixing in the good things with it. Like he de- they do do stuff for kids. They'll do toy drives and those feed the homeless and stuff like that. He actually had a guy, the the lawyer, one of his lawyers got a guy out of prison that was wrongfully convicted. So there's shades of like stuff that have if he tweaked his his way of doing things just a little bit, I'm like you, I think he could surpass some of these other guys because yeah. he can't hang his hat on the fact that he never cooperated. And that's nobody can say that nobody in that whole thing can say that. Right. But he's not going to. Yeah. Because the same thing that makes him hold true. It's the same thing with like being a CEO of a company, you know, like 95% of the CEOs of these major companies are narcissists. So you go, okay, well, yeah, he's a CEO and he's filthy rich and he makes a bunch of amazing decisions. He really saved this company and he runs this huge billion, multi-billion dollar company, but he's he's also a narcissist, piece of garbage, and, and he destroys every relationship that he's in. Right. But the problem is those two go hand in hand. The same thing that holds Mar- Marlino true to that code that just doesn't exist. 
to this, this, you know, outdated, you know, code is the same thing that makes it him unable to actually thrive in any other industry other than the mob. And the truth is the mob doesn't exist anymore. So he's just left out in the cold. And you have to be able to take those things that they done back then and apply it in today's world, which is possible. There are some things. I mean, I like a lot of stuff that the mob did, like, you know, they had, they done loan shark and they loaned out money at, at high interest rates. How many loan places do you see now on the corner payday loans with gigantic interest rates? That's the same thing the mob did, but now it's, it's a pretty corporation with a business and a nice name and a, an air conditioned office you go into and they rob you every week with a smile and a pen and you voluntarily do it. Same thing. Uh, bookmaking. You can't watch a football game now with 15 different, you know, draft Kings fan duel. Jake Paul's now in it with his better pick sports thing where you go on and you bet on sports. Everybody bets on sports now, you know, with fantasy football and all that, the mob made a killing off bookmaking. They took everything they did back in the day and now they've made it legal, even marijuana in some places. So there's ways to do it. You just got to figure out how to do it. You know, the, the methods that they use, not the violent ones. I just meant like, you know, taking a vice that somebody wanted and turning it into a legitimate business, which is what a lot of these people did. A lot of the stuff that they got locked up for now is legal today. Right. You imagine being these guys that did 20 and 30 years for marijuana and get out now and they're just, they're shops they can walk into. You're walking around next to every fucking 17 year old kid smoking, smoking pot on the corner. And yeah, you're going, oh my God. You got to be shaking your head. And to, you made an interesting point here a minute ago. You talking about like, you know, the, the head of this company or whatever being narcissistic. I think, do you have to do that? Is there's no way you can lead, whether it is a mob family or a big corporation or a big company like that? You, I think, do you have to be that way? I think that kind of runs I mean, hand in hand. I, unfortunately, what, what happens is you have to have that overconfidence. And to be able to convince people to follow you and to, to say that this is the right decision and be 100% behind it. Yeah. And then the problem with most narcissists is they can't admit that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you shift blame onto everybody else's. It's everybody else's fault, not yours. So you're sacrificing other people's futures so that you can stay on top. Like it's, it, it's, it's really a, it's a hor it's a horrific it is a horrific mental condition for anyone that tries to have an interpersonal relationship with you. However, as a business model, you're the king. You yeah. just don't want to be married to that guy. Yeah. You know, or, or British children <laughs> or a friend. <laughs> but I'm if, laughing because that, that episode we did, you talk about you took over the channel. He's like, the views dropped. And obviously my taste is just better than everybody else. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's not my fault. That's not my fault. You people have no class. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. So I, I think it'll be interesting when you interview Gene. I want to. I want to interview him. Yeah, I, I. I listen. If I can ever, you know, if I can ever pin him down, like he's like, you know, he and he is. He's like going to New York. You know, I'm going to New York next. He's like, I just got my ankle monitor off. I'm going to because when he got it off, I said, Hey, bro, you, you got it off. He said, Yeah, I just got my brace. My just got my anklet off. Yeah. Um, he said. And I said, great, when are you going to do the show? And he said, bro, I'm going to New York next week. And when I come back, we, I'm doing something on this day, but I can do something on this weekend. And then I said, okay, then this weekend. Mm -hmm. And um, I, yeah, I, he didn't respond. And then the next thing I sent him was I sent him 
oh, I sent him a text and said, bro, what are you, what are you doing with Marlena in these videos? And, and I said, I just watched the response from Marlena for your, your video. And he goes, holy shit. He put one up already. He was like, like, what the hell? He's, I just put mine up. And I was like, oh no, no. I meant I watched the one before the one you put up. Uh, And he, you know, and I said, uh, I forget. I said something else, but that was it. So he was just like, I just put that one up like an hour ago. Yeah. I think <laughs> yesterday he had just put it up when I sent it to you. Yeah. Listen, I only know about this stuff because of you. <laughs> I would have paid no attention at all. Um, <laughs> but then I started watching. I was like, what's happening? Like the world, it, it's like I'm living. It's like bizarro world compared to the world that I left when I went into prison. It is so vastly different. Well, and it, but it's so odd uh, about this, and I think that's why these things get the views and stuff they do. Those documentaries, you know, captivate people, is because this whole thing, like I said, when we've mentioned it a couple of times, was built on secretive society under the, you know, sheets or whatever. Like it wasn't in the forefront, even though you knew who was involved. Like you would have never gotten. Back in the day, Carlo Gambino on the cover of Time magazine, Frank Costello would have never went on a public speaking, you know, forum like this. Obviously, I know they didn't have YouTube back then, but those would have never happened. But that just shows you how much the times change. And, you know, Michael's do. I mean, Michael's turned it into a business. Yeah. And and so Sammy, um, yeah. you know, and then think about it, you get two very different things from those guys. Sammy killed 19 people. Right. He murdered 19 individuals, different ways, different reasons. You know, a lot of guys that was in the Gambinos, a lot of people say it was for money, but he can tell you stories that are hands on how he did. And so that's going to be interesting. And he can do it because the government let him do it because they wanted John Gotti so bad that they let Sammy walk with night or walk. He did a little bit of time, but ultimately let him go after committing 19 murders. Yeah. And later on, he goes and does the ecstasy thing. He gets locked up for that. That's a whole nother story. He did that. What a, talk about screwing up a golden opportunity. I'm really that that was a that was such a huge mistake. Like you got a pass, bro. Yeah. You got a pass. And didn't really stay out of it because when he went to Arizona, he opened up a pool business, but it wasn't long before he was right back into stuff and people knew who he was down there. He used it. He would tell people, like, you know who I am, right? right. And they knew it. And uh <laughs> that's when Atwood come over from the UK and they were selling ecstasy and the motorcycle gang that was working with Sammy. That's how he kind of ran into them. That was how that kind of you know cross happened between them two and they've got something coming out here soon too i think atwood and sammy but it's yeah, like back, back then they would have killed each other now they're doing stuff on youtube <laughs> right that's what i'm saying <laughs> it's nuts <laughs> these guys are okay they're killing me um what else what else yeah that's it that's all i got that's yeah. all i got how's your uh don't, don't you ha, whatever happened with your um your short with ian's channel did that is that short the shirt still going crazy? Oh yeah, I counted up today. It's like seventeen million with all all of them added up. That's insane. Hey, here's what here's the thing. So being in YouTube and seeing the numbers that Franzese is getting and that Sammy the Bull is getting, listen, these guys are making a fucking ton of money. Oh yeah, these guys are making fifty at least fifty at at a minimum based on their views at a minimum and i'm probably on the low end at of 50 grand a month and that's probably low if you told me 75 000 a month i wouldn't doubt it for a second yeah it's a minimum of 50 and that's just in that like francis does a lot of traveling and a lot of speaking right. so that's 
Now that's just AdSense. I'm not talking about sponsors. If you throw yeah. sponsors in there, book sales, uh, speeches, yeah, obviously. I'm saying just on the AdSense, which is just the the just the commercials that YouTube chooses to play on your platform. The little skippable. I'm just. Telling, I know you know the yeah. little, little skippable. You know ads that yeah. come on. So just based on that alone, oh, those guys are fucking banking. Oh yeah, and that could be that could be Marlino. It could be. And my, Michael's the going to go farther than those other two, because like you said, he does carry himself a certain way. You know, he, he presents himself a certain way. There's not too many people that's going to be tied to Sammy just because of who he was and the fact, not necessarily that he cooperated, but that he did kill a shitload of people. Um, but he is starting to branch out and do other interviews. Like I think he just had the warden from one of the supermax prisons on a show. So I think at some point, like I said, they've got to start getting out and getting other people interviews, you know, getting other people outside of just that mob genre. I've seen Francis had Mario Lopez on not too long ago. Oh yeah. 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 So I don't, I didn't listen to it. I don't know what they talked about, but you know, that's out of the box. And then he had, there was a guy, he was on that show, American gangster, where they would highlight different people. And his name was a machine gun. Johnny Yang, I think was his name. He was a, Basically, it was the the was the Asian mob or the Chinese mob, one or the other. But um, he had him on. It was a really good one. That was another. He's went to jail and you know changed his life around. Really interesting dude. Uh, but they're starting to get out of the box of just strictly mob, which is the key to to keep it going. But Michael right now, I think, is the top guy as far as where he can go, where this can grow, because he's got it down to you know the speaking and the traveling and and everything else and all the guests. He's he's killing it right now in this whole thing. Yeah. Well, he has a t- he has a temperament. You know, he's very he's very um uh I don't know not it's, it's uh I, I don't know why the word it, listen it's late and the words escaping but but you know he's he's um he's a moderate you know what I'm saying he's yeah. he's in, he's he he's very thoughtful when he responds he thinks yeah. about all the angles how to a you know how to say it, how to not offend anyone, how not yeah. to be crass. He's he's a cl- he's a class act, you know. And that's something that's hard to do when you uh, somebody for me because like I'll interview one guy and then the next guy hates him, and so but I'm not going to co-sign that they hate him. Like if you want, yeah. that's fine. But you have to kind of be careful because you'll piss somebody else off that you you know. But I'm just like it's it's a it's a heavy road. But Michael does do that very well. Like he responds in ways not to piss anybody off and not to diplomatic. Yeah. Diplomatic. That was the word I was looking for. Diplomatic. And Sammy's the complete opposite of that. And, and people love him for that. Joey is the complete opposite of diplomatic and people, you know, love him for that. And if you go on his comments on his Instagram, everybody's like only real guy on here, which depending on how you look at it is true. But I just, I'm like you, what, what hurts me? I say hurts me. What irks me is that I know what Merlino's show could be if they took it serious yeah and it could be so good yeah it was like, I, I hated that i didn't even get to hear that fucking rick flair interview because audio was so horrible i actually was looking forward to hearing it he Warner he's Day. his he's his worst enemy or whoever really the is. production crew is i don't know who the production people well are. you still you know they're still they're still you know betting on not betting but they're 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 picking you know what do we call it picks you know on yeah Picking sports, betting sports. Picking, yeah, betting on sports or picking sports. And, you know, like, like nobody, nobody, people are not tuning in to hear that. You know, 
like, listen, I, I would love to sit around and talk about, you know, movies all day long or writing or story. You know, there, there's certain things like I'm sure I have interests that I'm fascinated by the idea that we're going to or that Elon Musk wants to, to wants to colonize Mars. You know, I'm fascinated by the idea of colonizing, you know, the the universe, you know, yeah. I'm not going to force anybody to fucking <laughs> to, to hear me go, listen, I watched this one video. Listen, I heard this. Nobody. What people that watch my channel are like, I don't care about colonizing this or about what a Dyson sphere is or yeah. what, you know, like no, nobody cares about the, the, the things that, that I find kind of interesting. No, listen, I can tell you everything about world war two. I love world war two jo- documentaries. I'm predominantly, uh, interested in the European portion of the war, although I can talk about the the uh, Pacific. But regardless, I'm not going to force you to listen to me talk about it and go over the various things that happened and just you know how amazing certain things were and how fascinated I am by certain events. You don't give a shit. So you know, Marlino, on the other hand, you're going to have to listen to him talk about all these sports teams and who's winning this and who's doing that, who's doing that, who's going to win this and what he thinks this is going to happen. And then check in two weeks later to hear about how he was wrong on every single one of his picks. So, well, I've done that with Anthony Arlotta. We, we tried doing that and our picks were so fucking awful that it turned into a comedy show (laughs) next week of just how wrong we were. And it's like, all right, we're going to keep doing it. Everybody just bet the other way and you'll clean up every week. But no, I, to not, I can't knock them too much because I look at videos now and I send you stuff because we kind of bounce videos off each other. And like some of the quality of my shit when I first started, but I didn't know any better, um, was awful. Like I'm seeing videos and they're so grainy compared to them now. They're a little bit clearer. And I'm just like, God, it looks so bad. But I didn't know any better then. So I don't know if anybody's actually told them how to improve things as far as like sound and all that. I don't know. But hopefully they do. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to help anybody. I drove, my wife and I drove 45 minutes to go to a real estate office today. And I spent two hours with these guys talking to them about how to set up their studio, the cameras to get, the switcher to get, the, you know, the whole thing, how to go about how I would structure their YouTube channel. I spent two hours with them till finally Jess was like, you know, she's looking at me like, it's enough already, (laughs) you know? And I was like, all right. So, um, so, you know, I was told to get in the car. So that's it. She, she's just, she stopped just shy of going <laughs> just uh, uh, so, but I, I did get the, a couple, I got the look like three times and then I kind of tried to avert my eyes, but then I caught her again. I was like, Oh, it's like, I gotta go. So, but yeah, I'm always willing to help somebody, but those are the kinds of guys that would never ask for help. They'll just completely yeah. keep banging into the wall. And I feel bad for the, for the chunky, for his chunky little buddy. Um, <laughs> he, he's trying to, he's trying to, you know, wrangle Marlino in. and he, and I, I'm sure that he knows what he would want to do. Cause he's always like, Hey, uh, uh, some of the comments, they want to hear you tell a story. Uh, 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 like he's begging this guy. You got to tell some stories. You got to tell a story. You got to, you know, if he had his way, he'd be like, listen, we're going to talk about this this week. You can talk about Sammy, the bull this week. Then next week, I want you to talk about, you know, whatever. Then I want, then we're, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to watch the movie Godfather. Yes. You know, and, and, and let's hear what you think about that and just what that, what the conversation sparked. That's a year's worth of content right there. You take up each person that you don't like that he's got the paperwork for that cooperated. You can make an episode out of each one of them and you can still do that sports shit, but make it a whole nother podcast. That way. Yeah. Don't mix it in. in the sports. Yeah. Yeah. Mixing I, it in is stupid. 
That's why when I do the the sports picks, it is an episode dedicated strictly for sports. So if people don't want to watch it, just don't don't watch it. Right. Don't I'm not going to force you to sit through yeah. 20, 10 minutes of this, 20 minutes of this, 30 minutes of this. Like, I'm not going to, you don't have to do that. Yeah. That's the, that's the format right there, what you just laid out. If they made the sports show its own thing, they done shows with him talking about people, however he wants to do it and, and put a, put a platform in place. All right. We're going to cover, you know, whatever Donnie Brasco here. Who did you know? Who did you meet? What, whatever. That's a year's worth of content, man. If they drop one a week. And what about, um, shorts, these guys, they don't like, they, they got one or two short, like Marlino, you could cut Marlino up in shorts. Easy. Oh yeah. Those would be a blast. People doing it for him. Everybody's reposting his videos. Everybody. Yeah. But he's that problem is it's not driving traffic to his. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, he's got like 40, 45,000 subscribers and he's only been doing it a couple months. Yeah. He, if he, if they, that's what I'm saying. That's how many people want to hear what he's got to say. So if he just looked at that a little bit, like how long it takes somebody to get 45,000 subs, that's not easy. Right. And if he no. actually put that deep content into it, it could go somewhere. Oh, listen, if he actually followed the format, he'd probably have 200,000 right now. Yeah. But he won't. And it's it's hard, man. I try to listen to some of his stuff when I'm at work with a earbud, and I can't hear shit. I can't hear anything. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm interested to see how all this plays out. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I got to mention my clips channel. Yes, it's got four four thousand subscribers now. When when it was at three thousand three thousand nine hundred ninety nine, I texted. 10 people and told them subscribe to the channel. <laughs> Tell them, you need to subscribe right now. I know you didn't want to subscribe. I want to get over 4,000. And I walked about them for 30 minutes and, and my wife is going, what are you doing? I go, I don't know. I asked 10 people to subscribe. None of them have subscribed because look, look, cause I kept redoing it. She's like, like you're a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> what? It, it's nine 30 at night. What are you doing? And then all of a sudden, bloop, it went to like 4,001. I was like, yes. And she's like, the fact that you're excited about that, that means like, I'm like, I, hey, you get obsessed with them numbers, man. You can, I, I check my phone daily just to see. Cause like some days it'll be like, I'll think it's starting. You know, it will go from six or so, whatever I'm at, 6,052. And then you check it like an hour later and it's at five, five. You know, you've gained 300 in a matter of a couple hours. She's like, something starting, something hit. And then, then it stops for like, you know, a week and then don't go anywhere. I'm like, fuck. Well, you know, what's so funny is that Jess has a video. She does sign language, right? So she'll yeah. sign and she has a, a video that's got like, it, it had like 11,000 a couple of days ago. And just, just all of a sudden it just started doing really well for a week and went from like 900 up to, you know, got like 10,000 within a week. And so now she's walking around and it, cause it's got like, it went from 11, it's up to like 13 now. And she's walking around. She's like, showing <laughs> it to me. She's like, and I'm like, what am I looking at? What am I like? She's like the, the, the number, the views. I'm like, okay, what is it? What is it? Did it go up? Yes, it went up. It's at 12,000. I'm like, okay, <laughs> relax. Like, boy, I'm like, okay. Okay. Do you see how she's like, it's different. It's different. <laughs> my, my son showed me one. It was one of the ones I did with Ian the other day. And it's like, we're, what do they call it? Remixing? Yeah. Or somebody else will take it and they'll just do some random shit on the side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was they like, somebody it. I think it's called yeah. stitching. Stitching, that's it. Yeah, or stitching. 
Yeah, and he's like, people send me this all the time. Because, <laughs> like, it, it, everybody's seen that video, bro. Everybody. Or, the, the all, I guess, one of the clips. He broke it into, like, nine clips. But I see him everywhere. I told you, some guy here that lives in Charleston done a full-blown fucking video using it. Like, a 15-minute video breaking down the story. And I found his email. And I was like, hey, you got a few of the facts wrong. Like, if you ever want to actually interview me instead of just, you know, assuming right. shit, hit me up. And he did. And suppose we're going to get together off Christmas break. Nice. Yeah. How is it that, um, like, what are your, how old's your son? He's 14 now. So do his, so his friends, what do his friends think of you? They think you're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They look at it as a, as a cool thing. You you do understand that like most 14 year olds think that like their fathers, is, is this your, your stepson? No, this is my son. Your son okay. <laughs> Most stepsons or sons, they think that their fathers are idiots. Yeah. You know, like, so it's pretty cool for like, you know, my, you know, my stepdaughter, I guess, you know, Jess's daughter, right. her friends come over and think I'm super cool. Yeah. And, like try and talk to me and ask me questions and do this. And you can see that like Jess's daughter is looking at me like this guy, like she still can't stand me, but you know, <laughs> but it, and it makes it even worse than her friend. That her friends think I'm cool. <laughs> like all the kids, I guess that they started watching my podcast and they would always talk about the porn star and stuff that I was Of course. Coach, they called me Coach Chip. Coach Chip, how you get in contact with us? You need to hook me up. And all this stuff. Like, yeah, I think the age is there, pal, you know, but you can you got social media like I do. So funny. Yeah. And and everybody at like the work for I just didn't expect that one to blow up the way it did. And so when I started that new job, like not a lot of people knew, they knew after that. Yeah. <laughs> Come out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, whoa, whoa, you got to tell me. I was like, I ain't telling you. I, I told those stories on shows for a reason. Go watch them. Give them people some views. Like I ain't got three hours to burn sitting there telling you this. Some shit happened. Yeah. Some shit happened. That's, there we go. There we go. That's the easiest way you can describe it. <laughs> okay. All right. All righty. What are we doing? So, are you want to run this on? Are you? Are you? Gonna, do you remember when I hit pause? Yes. Like, could you imagine if I didn't hit resume? Yeah. Like, if I looked, I just looked at my thought. I seen it was recording though. I would have looked. <sighs> That's the thing of having another podcaster on here. We would check those types of things where somebody else wouldn't know any different. Oh my god! Listen, thank God these things are edited, and I, <laughs> I end up looking competent. Because if people really knew what I, I don't I, know, but that's the funny yeah. part about yours. Like leaving that shit in on yours sometimes is is comedy. Yeah, I mean Colby does. I mean, all and guys actually say that they're like, bro, I like that you don't cut anything. That yeah. you, you know, Colby. The problem is Colby's. He'll fuck up and start again and leave it in there and. Yeah, he'll he'll because he has a you know he kind of thinks it's. Sometimes it's like nah, leave, you know, leave it in. It's funny. Yeah. But then sometimes they're like, "Hey, hey, you made me look like a an idiot there. Like you gotta." <laughs> and he's, you know, he's like, "I know, right?" I'm like, "No, that's we're not going for the idiot funny. We're going for the casual." Funny. <laughs> so, you know. Anyway, hey, I appreciate you guys watching the video. Do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell so you get notified of videos just like this. Leave me a comment. I try and respond to most comments as many as I can. And please check in the uh, the description. I'm going to, in the description box, I'm going to leave Wade's uh, YouTube channel link. 
to his YouTube channel. So you just click it and it'll, and I'm going to leave. I also wrote a bunch of true crime books and my memoir that's going to be in there. Please consider joining my Patreon and definitely please subscribe to my clips channel. It's Matt Cox clips. It's the best of the best videos. See ya.